What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Blaine and Mickey with Blaine Bishop and Mickey Ryan on 104.5 The Zone. Let's do it. Thursday, Blaine and Mickey. What's going on, everybody? Everybody having a good Thursday? You guys having a good Thursday? Everything good? Week is almost week over. Week is almost over. I mean, Thursday is essentially the weekend. We've discussed this before. Mm-hmm. Try to give people just just Uh-oh. leave now. Tell it's, your boss it's the weekend. It's it's the weekend, uh, as Mister Weekend said. But uh, how are the Titans? Are they going to be ready for the weekend? <sighs> what was that? Oh, that, that didn't sound like you were confident about them being ready for the you weekend. You told me yesterday. You said when you're coming out of the protocol in the case of a money hooker, oh. the last steps. Practice, how are you? Practice, how are you? Yeah. So we. this is two practices, and this will be the second, how are you? Mm. And, and Brable mentioned that, but he didn't go into detail. Is You know, you got to, you know, there's tests. You know, sometimes you may wake up the next day and light is bothering you or you have a headache or you feel like the ground is moving after you started running around, which is a weird feeling. It's just like crazy. Uh, yeah. That actually happened to me in a preseason game. Let's see, I missed I can recall I missed the Saints preseason game one year because of that the you know the week before. Uh so you just never know. So I thought I was fine. I was like, yeah, I'm great. Let's go. When I do I have to probably like, whoa, this ground is moving. Oh man. Just imagine that. I don't want to like imagine you like that. stepping and you feel like it's the ground is moving. No, that's a that, it's a hard no for yeah, me. Yeah, so that's why they use a couple days of practicing and see if you you know you're back to normal. Yeah. So it's uh hopefully uh That'll be the case uh, for him. All signs are pointing in that direction, um, right? Hopefully. Rumor around the campfire, yeah. Okay. Uh, so what we should find out, I'm looking at the uh, media schedule here to see what Robbie Boren has told us. They will be off the practice field today, Thursday at 1.55. So we should know something uh, by oh. hour two of the show today. Okay. The Great. schedule sometimes classes with our schedule, and sometimes it works perfectly for our schedule. Today looks like one of those days. So we should know exactly what's going on. And, man, reading everything and listening to everything I can find in Cleveland, all the talk that everybody around here has been having around Ryan Tannehill, they're having the same discussion up there about Deshaun Watson. Hey, man, this guy's got to get it going. This guy. You mean, you, you mean the Ryan Tannehill after week one? After week one. Yeah. They want him to have a week like Ryan Tannehill did in week two. But this is the worst start to his career. Lowest quarterback rating. He's 55% completion. He's giving up the ball. He's fumbling the ball. He's it, it went down this one whole rabbit hole of he doesn't even look the same when he runs anymore. And I thought, is he 30? No, he's 28. I thought, did he, did he get old while we were away from him? No, he's not that old, but he just hasn't. I hope we keep getting old and no, keep playing bad. I just all I want. One more game. Then you can turn the page. We're going to play you again. It'd be over. Because, mm, well, man, if he shows any signs of what we saw him as a Texan, and you know what's so funny? I'm going to say this. It's going to make some people nervous. It's just hit me. Certain guys just, like, 
whenever I play them, I know I'm going to play well. Mm-hmm. And his history with the Texans, he <laughs> oh, always no, he oh, yeah. played no, well. He knows. I, and I don't care how he was doing it. I don't know if he was ever playing this bad. But there's a confidence level in you as a player against certain teams that you've played that you just know are players. Sometimes it goes as far as team. Like I'm just I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a good game. You know, so I'm 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 interested to see if he can kinda get out of this snide. I'm hoping not. What I saw on uh Monday night versus the Steelers, oh, he looked horrific. <laughs> that money he's making and mm no. If he's not playing in top five, he's horrible. And he not even I don't even know if he he's probably at the 28 range as a starting quarterback in the NFL. He looked bad. If you yeah, landed he here bad. from another planet and you didn't know that he was like borderline MVP candidate a few years ago, you didn't know anything, and they were like, hey, watch, watch this film, Blaine. Watch, watch this game. Tell us what you think about the quarterback for the uh, team with the orange helmets. Mm-mm. What would you say if you didn't know anything about his past? Josh Dobbs is better than him. Okay. Yep. And, and it's not even close. Yeah. About them apples. (laughs) (laughs) The reason why I just said that because I'm watching them right here on Arizona versus Giants, and they just showed the starting lineup. And I go, I mean, they're making Josh Dobbs look really good. Who's a good, solid, you know, backup player in this league, uh, potential starter if given an opportunity? Probably, you know, he's probably like, um, he could be as good as some of these, you know, world traveled backup quarterbacks, Jacoby Brissett, Chase Daniel. Yeah, right. mm -hmm, Right. Guys like that who, you know, for half of a season can be a starter and then may potentially get paid because they can convince somebody that they are a starter. Uh, given he got the opportunity, proving that, hey, man, I need to be in this league and not only am I a backup, I can, I can start some games. Did in a two-week window. Watson looks nothing like that, period. And I, I don't know what's wrong. I, I can't I, – I don't care what's wrong with it, to be honest. I just keep it up. Hey, but it, it's bad. I mean – so, you know, you know, sometimes certain players fit certain schemes and systems. Sure. And they excel. And then when they get to another team, you go, well, dang, he didn't, he didn't look nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know if he's reached that comfort level where he feels like he can just be Deshaun Watson and just kind of play loose. He looks robotic, mechanical. I mean, he just, man, I, I don't know if he just lost his edge or his athleticism combination of other things maybe some things are in his head with his confidence based off of his time there and time off I mean that could be a vast array of things that could be going on but man I've never seen a quarterback at this age look different like he has okay I want you all the years I've played watch quarterback I want you to film session this with me you're you're on the Titans you're playing the Browns that's the quarterback what are you thinking like this is what we need to do to this guy to make sure that today isn't the day that his game comes back around. Well, continue to get in his head. So I, I would probably systematically, as a player, I don't think it's really under your control, more so the scheme of mm-hmm. what you're running and how you disguise, if you want to put that on the players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you watch the Titans. They do a lot of disguise and deception. You know, one time I thought they were in cover three, uh, and then next you know, they were still playing cover two. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa. That would have got me at quarterback because I was thinking right off the bat last week, oh, throw outside. Uh, they had somebody down the middle as well once it was 
became clear that they were running cover two. So I would try to deceive, deception, and uh, and get after them. Naturally, with your front four, you can do that with this team. So I, I would do that. I, I probably wouldn't do a lot of blitzing. I would more want to trick them because all we want him is to hold on the ball, just a hesitation. And I think you can get him. Then he'll start hesitating and second-guessing, and then he'll probably start taking off and running and start seeing things, you know. So I would say front four in disguise. That's kind of would be the motto. And then as the game goes on, you kind of evolve into seeing what works more or less mm-hmm. against them. Maybe you decide to blitz more than you expected, you know, going into the game. Or Make him think even more about something. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or don't give him time. So, yeah, this is, this is going to be a tricky one. But I hope, oh man, I just, oh, I hope they get after him because we know what Schwartz in their defense. What he's got, he's got a good front four. He got some cover guys, uh, so they they got a good good team on there on the defensive side. So I think if we got up, I think early, like ten, fourteen, you know, it's in the second quarter, to nothing. I think damn, we got him. I think we got him because Watson's going to start pressing. He's going to start trying to make plays that aren't there. Mm. I think that's why we see the fumbles and everything else. Trying to do too much? Yeah, then the face mask. Yeah, I think he's just trying to do too much. Yeah. T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. Yeah, two, two people <laughs> against the Browns last week had 13 pressures, two sacks, and each scored a touchdown. That in one game. Yeah. So, one was a pickup fumble, T.J. White, another one caused by 56. Yeah. Uh, Smith, and then he intercepted one. Intercepted one. Bounced exactly. off. Mm-hmm. Uh, bounced off. I was yeah, at, I was watching this game just because this is what I would do as a player, just because that's who we play next week. I would watch the Monday night. Other than that, I wasn't watching Monday night football. Oh, so man, as I a player. Much every second of Monday night. No, that I, just, would, I would be footballed out because I was a film junkie. <laughs> yeah. If we played them, I'm watching trying to get a heads up. Yeah, I'm trying to get a heads up. It doesn't have to be that Monday night before, but I'll, I'll at least take a peekaboo because the TV is going to give you. You know, I think Bray will try to say it in a nice way. You're only going to see so much on the TV, right? I want to see what they're really doing, right? Yeah, you know, now you got the all 22 and everything else, but um, so yeah, I, I'm a peekaboo because you can pick up some things off the broadcast, uh, but not the detail-oriented things that you really want to know, especially with your matchups as you as an individual player. Whatever that is, maybe you can see O line, D line a little bit better. But from a secondary wide receiver standpoint, you you can't see a lot on TV. Like I can't see his, I can see the release, but I can't see how he tries to manipulate the route, mm-hmm. you know, and everything else. No, I want a good feel. Yeah, I want to, I want to actually know. <laughs> we know Dobbs is on TV, and I know this. Jason in the Borough has called to talk about Dobbs in this first segment. Jason in the Borough, happy uh, Thursday. Let's go ahead and start the weekend with your call here. What's going on? Hey, happy weekend. Yeah, man. Hey, I just wanted to uh, get y'all's take. You know, Dobbs starting in Arizona. How long do you think he's going to be the starter there? How how long does he have before they uh, bring Kyler Murray back or they give that rookie a chance? Mm. I would. Uh, well, I don't think the rookie's going to get a shot before him, <laughs> uh, regardless of what he does. Uh, I think you know money dictates. So eventually, whenever they feel like Kyler Murray is. Uh, healthy enough, I think they're going to put him back out there. But I thought they went after Dobbs, who was the assistant GM here now. Uh, what's his name? Monty Austin Ford. Austin Ford is now the GM there in Arizona uh, that uh, he can hold the fort until 
Kyler Murray is ready. And so I think that's why they made this move because they didn't want to rush him back. So ultimately then they got a backup quarterback and a starter and a guy who can contribute as a starter right now. I think maybe he was a firm believer of maybe Rod Dobbs was here in Tennessee. I don't know. But he definitely brought him there in a trade, by the way, uh, right? With Cleveland, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, he had gone back to Cleveland, yeah. yeah. So uh, hats off to Dobbs and him putting the work and belief and believing in himself, and he finally got an opportunity, and he showcased his talent. He sold me. He sold me. I, I was like, he's the number two in this league easy all day. And if somebody gets hurt, he can hold the fort. The greatest started, yep. The, the thing about twos that strike me is you can tell immediately when a guy comes in, if he's tentative, holds the ball too long, you know, will turn and run out of the back of the – do things like that that you're like, okay, it's, it's moving too fast. First time Dobbs ever played, I'm like, dang, dude. It, he was cool as a customer. I, I, he was the, a cucumber. The route it? says throw to this guy. He was throwing outside the numbers. Mm-hmm. He was he doing looked, stuff that – He looked good. Blaine, he had hardly ever played. And I, somebody always says, well, it's not like he was that good. For how little he had played in his career. Mm-hmm. And it for was two weeks here. Two weeks. Well, Ain't the no first time was one week and then two weeks. And based off the referees in the Titans game this year, that wasn't a fumble. It wasn't a fumble. <laughs> and look who was blocking for him, too. It wasn't uh, like he had a lot of help up front at the time. So I, I was uh, – even Vrabel mentioned him as though he was going to be back on the team. Yeah. Which was kind of stunning that he wasn't. If they made a decision, they were going a different direction. Yeah, they, they got their guy, though. Drafted old Mr. Levis. Uh, let's draft Buck Rising onto the show. He is a Thursday oh, guy. Oh, no. Not a Friday guy. we got to trade him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll trade Buck for Dobbs, but for now, we still have Buck, and the Cardinals still have Dobbs. We'll talk to Uncle Buck Rising. Let's see. Something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here, ma'am. Our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose, to be fair and just to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Rising next. Blaine, to make you 104.5 The Zone, thanks for spending your Thursday with us. We had a great time yesterday at Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital. Just a fantastic bunch of people over there helping a fantastic bunch of superhero kids. Our man Buck Rising was hanging out there with us. Buck, it always is great uh, to help out with a cause like that. It was an honor to be over there yesterday. I know you felt the same way and trying to kick cancer. And uh, let's give this information one more time in case anybody is listening. You can text Kick Cancer to 615 488 4401, or you can go to 1045thezone.com right now. You can bid on some really cool experiences, and all the money goes to help these kids. Yes, uh, an incredible thing that, uh, you know, Lucas has been really, working really, really hard on on our end, um, certainly, and, and we, were, uh, we were happy to be out there and be a part of it yesterday. 
you know, until Kirby told me with about like five seconds to go before the uh, the radio show started that this would be broadcast the entirety of the children's hospital. And yes. then I got very scared and was scared <laughs> to do my show. So. Well, I'm sure you did fine, and we did fine, and uh, we appreciate Nashville SC and their help with that. We appreciate Two Rivers Ford because they bring you to us now every Thursday, Two Rivers Ford, home of the non-commissioned salespeople. So let's start with this. Tide's got 27 points versus the Chargers. Uh, it had been a long time since we'd 20, seen 27, 10 months exactly. I'll ask you this, your thoughts on the offensive performance as a whole, and are you willing to set an over-under for points for the Titans this week? No, uh, whatever it is, the under. But um, <laughs> I think, I think that uh, listen, uh, you saw some cool things to build upon in the Saints game. Quarterback wasn't able to execute. Quarterback executed much more efficiently against the Chargers. The result was an overtime win. I think uh, they they are good enough to keep pace with teams in the league, and that's where they need to be. They need to be on par with Los Angeles, uh, the Chargers. They need to be on par with the Cleveland Browns, because these are teams that we were talking about prior to the season beginning, being in the picture for the postseason race. And if they can be better than those two teams and win within the margins, then we're talking about a much different situation, a much different level of expectation than I think many of us would have had for, um, you know, objectively had for the Tennessee Titans heading into 2023. So good, good. Continue to improve, continue to build upon it, but a good start on Sunday. I, I think I've been asking you this pretty much every time you appear, just because I'm curious if the number will change uh, 1 to 10 or 0 to 10, if it were your confidence level in the Titans offensive line, now that you've seen them for a couple of weeks. So it's been a 3 yeah. since, what, May? Yeah, hard 3. Yeah, you've been stuck there. Hard 3. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm at a 5. Woo! Lane, did yeah. you synchronize our watches? We're up from a 3 to a 5. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that you know Skaronsky being the best player on the offensive line that's going to miss his second straight game is not good. Um, but you know, there's nothing he can do about a, a an append, uh, appendectomy situation. So um, you know, hopefully the recovery goes smoothly for him. And Andre Dillard's still a problem, but the rest of it is okay. I feel okay. You can take away Skaronsky's appendix, but you can't take Buck away from Blaine and Mickey. He joins us every Thursday. <laughs> or his opinion, right. But So uh, <laughs> give us your opinion on what you thought on uh, Dylan Radin. The savior of the O-line. Yeah, no doubt. No, uh, good effort, but not, not <laughs> uh, What do you mean? No. No, no, no. I mean, good enough. Truly, truly good effort by Dylan Radin's. Mm-hmm. Tough spot, tough ask. Executed well enough to win the game. And that's that's all that you can ask of him. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't think that savior, uh, and, and Blaine, you know, I know, I know that that's something you say a bit tongue tongue in cheek, but people I do think are legitimately curious about the second round pick. Um, and you know, does he factor in at all into this equation? And, and right now I don't, I don't, you know, if, if the line is healthy right now, it's not with, without Skaronsky. Um, if it's healthy, I don't think that he factors into this equation. I don't think that, uh, Andre Dillard is, is a big enough issue that they would move him out of his left tackle situation right now. We're two weeks in. That remains to be seen. But, you know, a truly a credit to Dylan Radins to fill in on spot duty for a guy in Xavier Newman-Johnson who just he didn't know what was going on out there, it looked like. <laughs> oh, so you're referring, I guess, some of your your fans that listen to your show, I guess, thought Radins did well enough that they should then move Skaronsky outside. Is that what you're implying that they were thinking? I, I definitely did not say that. But, right, is that what you're saying? No. Oh, okay. I had I had did have some messages to that effect. You know, it's not representative of a larger of the largest sample size. Like I don't think the majority of people think that way. But you know, it's it's kind of like the Niners game, right? Where he goes in there 
as the third string left tackle. Lawan's unavailable. Lamb has COVID. And, you know, they win the game. And Dylan Radens holds up well enough, even though it was not an overwhelmingly great performance. But all of a sudden, okay, to the Titans have a solution to left tackle because Dylan Radens played. I think it's important to contextualize these performances. Mm. So you just you think he played below average is what you're saying? I think he is a below average offensive lineman, yes. Oh, just in general, period. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's precious little evidence to indicate otherwise. Well, you know, here's where people get things wrong. They assume that the coach is always right just because mm-hmm. they didn't play him. Let's use that same scenario that you just said. Then what do you think about who Dobbs is, who never started a game when he came to the Titans? Let's go back to the end. And then after you actually watched him, what did you think about him? See that there? So uh, you can't put everybody yeah. in a box just because they hadn't played. Uh, his performance, I thought, was adequate when he did play, to be honest, uh, Dylan Radins. And just like I saw Dobbs, I thought his performance was adequate and he deserved to be a backup in this National Football League. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not arguing that Dylan Radins doesn't deserve to be a backup. I think mm-hmm. Dylan Radins is uh, totally... Well, I didn't say that. Back. I was referencing Dobbs. But every time Dylan Radins, let's use your example, because you, you believe he's not adequate, that Dylan Radins, when he gets in the game... You can't say anything bad besides he was adequate. So well, what are we saying about Brewer? Adequate. What are we saying about any other player that's an offensive lineman there? Uh, was that, you know, Skaronsky looked good. But we're saying Dillard's adequate. No, I don't think Dillard. I don't think Dillard. <laughs> yes. Is that going too far? Is that going too far? Okay. Dillard's not adequate? Man, I, I, well, well, how many sacks did he give that, up? How many sacks did he give up? Uh, I need to look at his pressures. Uh, I'll pull up Pressure, my laptop. Pressures is nobody sacks. can. <laughs> no, I said sacks. Well, I can give you sacks. Well, I, I was guarding a lot of people that was open, but they never threw to them. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so theoretically, I played great. <laughs> yeah, that, right. Good enough to win the game. Okay, yeah. Listen, I'm not. I truly blame, and I understand what you're saying because yeah. that was one of the biggest uh, confusing. One of the biggest confusions, and Lucas brought that up on the radio show today, the idea that why the hell did they wait so long? Mm -hmm. Huh? Yeah, Dillard's still getting bull rush, by the way. So I I agree with you. The the Dillard thing is tough. But um, I think that, you know, as to your your inference about the coaching staff making the decisions on the players and that determining whether people think they're good enough or not, I think it's an important point Mm -hmm. to make because was Dylan Radin's so bad at left tackle that he could not play over Dennis Daly. I don't know how the answer could be no, because we saw Dennis Daly. We saw how often he undermined the situation. They waited until December to even try and make a change at that, uh, at that spot. And, you know, unfortunately for Dylan Radins, he held up okay until his ACL. But did he look better than twice daily? (laughs) Just in that, that short window there that he started that game, which was, I mean, at least more than half the game. How did he look? He looked pretty. He looked better than twice daily. He looked adequate. Yes, and no, I think, he looked I think, better than twice daily. Say it. He looked better. No, no, no. Yeah. Than yeah. Okay. no it's, so I, then the coaches were wrong. I'm sorry. I thought the, that was implied. I thought that was implied. Okay. I was, <laughs> I was, I was, well, what I'm getting at then the coaches were wrong on him. At least that he wasn't. That he was better than twice daily. Oh no, we first we talked about that in in last December. So why did they, they not know he was better than twice daily? <laughs> 
I don't they understand. Don't, that. They don't even think they, Blaine, they don't even think he's the position that he clearly is only comfortable playing, which is left tackle. They played him in every other team position besides left tackle. So the, the, the usage of Dylan Raidens to me has been a fascination since he landed here because they just won't let him play any other spot besides the spot that he spent in his, enti- his entire college career playing. Um, but I do think largely that, uh, you know, it improves the depth. He's better, he was better than Xavier, Xavier Newman Johnson on Sunday. He will have a tough test against uh, against Miles Garrett and Jim Schwartz in this defensive front, Mm-mm. and it's unfortunate that both he and Dillard on the left side because that is, you know, you don't, you don't want to have to compound, compound weaknesses unnecessarily. Right now, that's a weak spot for the team. Well, since we're talking about just terrible you know, judgments, and it's just like recruiting, you're not going to always get the players right. I mean, whether it's the coach or the head coach or assistant coach, O line coach. But what's going on here with the Chicago Bears since we're talking about chaos? What, what's going on with this D.C. Allen Williams oh. resign? I, I know you know the scoop. You're in the know with the national media. What are they saying? What's really going on? I, I would listen. I had a lawyer on today who said, "Don't say anything about it because you'll get sued." So that is my position on it right now. Other than, you uh, say other than allegedly, what you yeah. can say allegedly. Well, what is it? No, 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 no. You're no, 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 no. Not with the stuff that that guy's being accused of. No, no, no. I never knew that you were a chicken. I never realized right. that I thought you were balls to the wall <laughs> all the time. Yeah, except when it except when it affects my money. No, 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 no. This is like me asking Mike Rabel officiating questions and him looking at me like, no, you idiot. I'm not going to give you a reason to get me fined. Oh, if you were betting my Sunday Um, bets, you'd have money. That's right. I, uh, I think that, uh, I think that, so you, I'm sure you guys saw the, the statement from the general manager, Ryan Poles, where he is unequivocally denying that the FBI, uh, raided Hallis Hall, which is of course the team's practice facility. Uh, but there was no outright denial of, an FBI um, raid of the defensive, the former now defensive coordinator's home. Um, all that's been given as a statement on his end is that he is taking time to step away and deal with his health and his family. Beyond that, there are a lot of details that are being speculated, and nobody is willing to report any of it, which makes me think that lawyers are near and that this is something that people are content to let play out in a federal investigation. Oh, okay. I didn't know all that kind of transpired there with the, all of that. But, all right, on a maybe not as serious note that you can comment about, the NFL is now trying to say that the NFLPA is telling running backs to exaggerate their injuries. And when, when, I, when I'm saying exaggerate, that means come back 100%, don't try to go back out there at 80%. So that, mm-hmm. that's, what, that's what I take from that conversation. Nobody's faking an injury or anything of that nature, but they're saying if you're going to go back out there, you better be healthy. Don't go out there and yeah. then, you know, make the injury worse. I mean, I, you think the NFLPA told running backs to do this? You know, I, I don't know specifically, Whoa. Blaine, but, like, that that it's not beyond the pale, and here's mm, why, okay? okay? Jonathan Taylor is a really good example of a good player that got bad advice this offseason. Yep. The people that represented that person telling him to take the positions that he did, that, you know, whatever, whether Jim Irsay was going to have that kind of behavior on social media or not, it turned into Jim Irsay, the owner, versus the agent on Twitter. And that is not a situation that it was going to play out in Jonathan Taylor's favor. And to this point, after the trade demands, has not. So. I, I don't want to rule anything out relating to the running backs. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an interesting position for the NFLPA, the, the new executive director of the NFLPA, um, who replaced Amora Smith to, to come out and with one of his first public prof- 
proclamations demand that every NFL field be, be returned grass? to grass. Yeah, right. You know, I, <laughs> so I think doing? that I, it was an in, it was just an interesting like because I'm sure every owner and Goodell looked around and said, "All right, good good talk. We'll see you out there, bud." Um, and and moved on with their day. So I I don't want to rule it out, but I don't know anything specifically to that. I would say again that running back it's just so hard because. Jerome Ford, for example, the Titans next play the Browns. Mm-hmm. Jerome Ford is not Nick Chubb. We can all understand this. Mm-hmm. But is Jerome Ford close enough to Nick Chubb for a considerable, uh, considerably less amount of money? Mm-hmm. You can find ways to put together a running game that doesn't feature a very expensive running back. So I just don't think anything that keeps these guys, you know, that, that pushes these guys towards the direction of holdout I, I wish that I, there was a better solution for them because it, it truly is a, a, a bad draw what they're getting. But you're not going to get the owners to renegotiate the CBA for one position. Um, you've just recently agreed upon a CBA. And, and the idea that running backs who sit out improve their value, there just there hasn't been a case, including in Tennessee in 2021, there hasn't been a case where a running back has missed a substantial amount of time and an NFL team hasn't been able to put some approximation of a, run, of, a, of a running game together. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well said. We're on with Buck Rising, keeping it real. Um, how much do you think the loss of Nick Chubb, because we're talking about that, psychologically, how do you think the Browns bounce back from this week? And I ask that because we talked a lot about Deshaun Watson and how he hasn't played this year. They were running for 202 yards a game for the first two games of the season. This seems like something that, uh, I don't know, maybe it'll take them a week to get over it. Let's say that. Let's hope. Well, I mean, I, you know, I can't, I can't speak to that. Um, not, not being, being in the locker room and, and Blaine probably, be able to articulate the the emotional impact of a loss of a locker room but I just you know Blaine you, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this spending at least enough time around professional athletes they really everybody's just so conditioned to next man up this thing I, I don't want to say that it, it doesn't impact them at all but I just I don't think there's there's that toll particularly in this sport um where it, it happens I mean it, it Nick Chubb wasn't the only injury like my, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick got ruled out with a chest injury. I haven't seen anything more specific reported than out with a chest injury, but that's scary as hell. Like, this this stuff happens all over the place in this sport. And, I, you know, Nick Chubb is a special player. He means a lot to the Browns, and I don't want to denigrate that. But I just – I don't know that you can, like, rely upon that having a tangible impact. Uh, Derek Henry's had a tangible impact. Did you and Lucas get into this? Could he be the last 10,000-yard rusher ever in the NFL? Uh, we haven't yet, um, but it was a uh, it was something that we've been we've been talking about. We put it out on a poll yesterday, and, and so hopefully we'll we'll get into that discussion Friday. But it was a good um, a good uh, discussion that I took from one of my uh, friends at from uh, Sam Phelan and Nate Austin Stanley at Ada's Sports, uh, kind of looking at the Nick Chubb injury. Unfortunately, for where he's at in his career, how much further behind Derrick Henry is, and just generally volume from running backs. Derek's about 1,600 yards away from 10K. Um, and the rest of the names on the list, like the most recent dudes up there, are Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore, who played that position longer than just about anybody. Barry Sanders is, is atop the list at just ungodly <laughs> numbers for career running backs uh, or for career rushing statistics. I, I do think that there's a compelling case to be made. Um, I just, you know, Derek is so 
unique in his usage and in the time period that he plays in the same way that you're seeing, you know, the quarterback numbers go through the roof because of the passing and the wide receiver numbers go through the roof to where, you know, guys who are trying to get into the Hall of Fame now are in a bit of a logjam because the numbers continue to make the guys who are coming up the line look more statistically impressive than players who we we associate with previous greatness at the same position. So uh, Derek's a fascinating case study for that. And, you know, the, the, the league ebbs and flows, and maybe at some point we'll, uh, we'll see a, a, a turn or at least some team turn back to a Derrick Henry-style running back. But the problem is there really isn't many Derrick Henry-style running backs not named Adrian Peterson or, you know, in, in this case, Earl Campbell, the guys who, guys who he's chasing in the record books. Yeah, you mentioned Barry Sanders. Actually, Emmett Smith is number one all time. He was the one who actually ran past uh, Barry Sanders, who just retired at the top of his game. Uh, but rising, he's still at the top of his game. He's hanging out with us. Yeah, one more question that you never thought you were going to answer to. Hmm. <laughs> I love that laugh. Hmm. Deshaun Watson or Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback? Who you're choosing after two weeks? Oh, that's easy, Ryan Tannehill. Oh, okay. I just, I just knew you weren't a Titans fan, so I, I didn't think you would go down that road. You might have picked Watson just for all your fan base. <laughs> oh, you know, you don't have to be a fan to watch that dude play, and this dude's all over the place. Like I'm, I, I don't trust Deshaun Watson on a, as a football player right now at all. And you know, based stop, on the Cleveland Browns, stop, Brown, stop, 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 no, Blaine, there's, uh, you, you played in New Orleans in week one. The voodoo is done. It's, it's okay. You can speak about it. But, uh, I think that, uh, listen, I mean, he's, he's clearly underperforming. Nobody, nobody would dispute that. And Ryan Tannehill didn't look any kind of good in week one for obvious right, reasons right. as well. Um, but Ryan Tannehill figured it out in a game. And Deshaun Watson hasn't figured it out through eight. It's, a, it's really hard, the degree of difficulty, what they are asking him to do and the contract that, that the pressure that the contract brings – I'm certain is only, you know, adding to the level of frustration around it for both him, for the, the, the staff and the, and the fan base. But, um, you know, there's no evidence uh, this season that Deshaun Watson is more trustworthy than, you know, 30 other NFL quarterbacks by QBR. Lastly, I, I still got one more. Swartzy been on their staff. We all know who he is and what he's all about. Great coordinator. Is that any bit of a vantage for him being that he was in the meetings rooms with these coaches and knows how they think, a little different than knowing sure. somebody from the outside in. I mean, it was man, he he's got a couple years to kind of sit back and say this is what they're thinking, and same vice versa for yeah. him too as well. Absolutely, uh, I do think I do think that Schwartz, you know, them him having a personnel advantage on top of a schematic advantage or a coaching knowledge advantage. Um, is something to pay attention to here because not only does he know the coaches, he knows the players. And, you know, the Titans have people that scouted Browns players who ended up getting drafted there or evaluated through the UDFA process. It's not like they're completely ignorant of the roster. But that, that is an advantage, plus Miles Garrett, <laughs> that makes Jim Schwartz uh, look like he has the upper hand in this. I will say, though, uh, that it, the way that they have changed the offense um, – for the Titans this year is at least a wrinkle worth paying attention to. Mm -hmm. Schwartz knows the the Todd Downing Tennessee Titans under Mike Vrabel, and this is very much not that offense. Well said.
Buck, oh, it's Thursday afternoon, man. Just start the weekend now. You have our permission, and uh, we appreciate the time. Good talking with you. Again, brought to you by Two Rivers Ford, and you can follow him at Buck Rising and A to Z Sports and the install with he and Greg Cosell and, of course, the Buck Rising Show and Titans pregame show with us. Lee Company Count Nine to kick off. You're everywhere, man. Yeah, no doubt. Man. Boy, I just said you, you gave me the weekend off, and then you listed all the things that I still have to do get this week. So I don't know. I don't know what just happened there. We you're, just depressed you? Oh, okay, my bad. You're, you're going through the drive through uh, liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not as bad as a weekend trip to Cleveland, but I promise you that. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy the uh, city by the lake. Buck, we'll yeah. talk to you next week. Actually, we'll talk to you Sunday morning from Cleveland. Head Talk of the game. Sunday. Thanks All right, the one and only Buck oh, Rising. When we come makers. back, your call, 615-737-1045. I can see the phone lines ringing. Also, this week's edition of Feats of Derrick Henry, he has a chance. I would say if you are a certain age, he has a chance to pass somebody that you know and love Sunday. Wayne Mickey, 1045, The Zone. This week's feats of Derrick Henry in the Titans supplemental press release. Hold on, Craig and Mount Juliet. I'll get to you in just one second. Entering week three, Derrick Henry, gentlemen, needs only 97 more rushing yards to eclipse the phenomenally great Earl Campbell. Earl had 8,574 rushing yards with the franchise. Derrick Henry will be second place all time behind only the great Eddie George with 10,009 if he gets 97 mm. yards this weekend. Earl Campbell, once upon a time, and I'll admit it, I'm old enough to remember, was unlike anything in the world that I'd ever seen. His first three years, he was all pro. He was pro bowl. He won an MVP. Really could have won a second MVP. He was something to watch. Now, he was a big, bright shooting star, and he only played, what, eight years, I think, in the league. Oh, I don't know. I didn't finished see up play. with the Saints. I, I never, never knew, heard of Earl to uh, got to be a, a Houston Oiler. <laughs> I, I didn't. Yeah, I knew he was from Texas. He won the Heisman Trophy in Texas. Heisman. What year was that? Nineteen seventy eight. Oh, okay. I was I Tony was, Dorsett uh, won it in seventy seven with Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. Then as a rookie. See, I didn't see a lot. Cowboys of went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, I, we never got Pittsburgh games on the TV. Yeah. Tony, but my parents got Sports Illustrated my whole well, life. I told so. you to say that the Cowboys. Oh, oh, he was, oh, he was I mean, smooth because I had to know, get them, them flat cleats. I had the same things. You had the white ones, so yeah, I was, I had the black ones. Um, oh, they might have been smooth too. Tony, oh, I had the black ones too. Tony Dorsett kind of gets lost in the shuffle for some people. He was fast. And Blaine, years later, you and me hanging out Super Bowl, whatever, you're like, there's Tony Dorsett. I was shocked. He was so little. Mm-hmm. I know. I thought it because I, I remembered his son playing with you, Anthony. Anthony was kind of a. Oh, yeah, Anthony was big, man. Yeah, so he was way bigger than his dad. Yeah, he was every bit of about six one and was ripped up. Yes. And could run. hundred percent. Like, like, think Lucas level, like body build Dang. and athleticism. That was Anthony Dorsett. Way bigger than his, his dad. Yeah, yeah. If I had Anthony Dorsett Jr.'s ability, boy. <laughs> mm, I have on my yellow jacket right now. Man, I would I would ask, <laughs> could I just look at it? Can I hold it? That guy was super athletic, man. Wow. If blazing. I'd be like, dang. It was pretty cool though to see like a Titans 33 yeah, Dorset. Like, to see Dorset on a jersey in 33 was pretty stinking cool. Um that was pretty stinking cool. So Eddie George, uh, ten thousand and nine yards, Earl Campbell, eighty-five seventy-four, Derrick Henry, eighty-four seventy-eight. So he has a chance. Derrick Henry can also become the 23rd person in NFL history 
this weekend to hit 8,500 rushing yards with one team. So he has 8,478. So he's only 12 yards away from that. Oh. He would be the 23rd person in NFL history to rush for 8,500 yards with one team. And it's everybody that you think it is. It's Walter Payton and Thurman Thomas yeah. and O.J. Simpson. That, that's going to be a rare thing now because guys aren't going to be with one team for probably uh, running back more than five years probably. Like you keep I mean, saying, draft a guy in first round. Get yep. five great years out of him. Mm-hmm. This dude with the it, Falcons. It be very rare unless they're super, super special. Like yeah. the kid at the Falcons, maybe, possibly, with health. Let's see how he's in five years. Yeah, right. Like this king mm-hmm. over here just keeps on trucking. Yeah. Craig, get him out. Julie, he's trucking onto our phone line. So let's see what's up with Craig. Hey, Craig. Craig Stern. When it comes to talking about. Hello. That was the big voice guy. Craig, we thought maybe you were the big voice guy. You're just going to do a promo for us. <laughs> oh, no, I got two things for you guys. All right. Um, we had we had Todd Downey, right? You know, he used to have Ryan Tannehill. And then he went to Aaron Rodgers, and now he got poor old Zach Wilson. I feel bad for Todd Downey, man. He should have got the right play calls, and he still might have been here. But my second thing I wanted to say was uh, – uh, shoot, 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 shoot. I forgot now. Dang. I forgot what I was going to say. Was it about Watson? Oh, Watson. Yeah, about Watson. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Um, you know, yeah, Watson. He's gonna come out there. He's gonna come out there uh, Sunday, and he's gonna he's gonna try to prove something. You know, because he's got Tim Kelly crossed the way, and his and his old buddy mm. uh, Hopkins over there. He's yeah, gonna try to prove point. something. That first couple, them first couple Drive. possessions, he's gonna have a fumble, interception, get sacked, and then he's gonna be over there looking across the way, across the field, just you know, tear coming down the side of his eye, just waving at Tim Kelly and. And uh, and Hopkins, man, I just thought that was pretty funny. Mm, that's a good one. I forgot about all those connects right there. Yep. When I mean, we're talking about just what we've seen from Deshaun Watson in the past and how he bedeviled and haunted the Titans, and I'd have to scan back. I don't think it was Lonzo, but somebody in the chat said uh, one thing that Watson doesn't have anymore, though, is who we have now, D Hop. Mm-hmm. Now, yep, and the OC Kelly, well, at least for that one year. Yeah. That he threw all over the place. All over the place. Mm. All right. Hour number two coming up. Uh, we'll have Chelsea Messenger on. We'll try to make you guys some money along with Mickey Money's, Mickey's Money Makers, which went two of three, by the way, last week. If you're missing the Lee Company yeah. countdown to kickoff, you're missing free money. I'm just letting you know this. Can you give us a glimpse or have you done There's your no money glimpses yet? Day? No, no. Oh, no, no, no. I, no. no, I have my process <laughs> no, no, plan. No, 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 no. I have my process plan. Not at 154 on Thursday. I have my processes. <laughs> Got to tune in. Oh, 100%. Man. That's the way that. Thank you, Lucas. Hey, man, I want you to give me a tip, man, so I can go tell somebody. Tips will be coming in later. Tips will be coming in uh, at the end of the first hour of the Lee Company oh, countdown to kickoff. And then Buckle makes some predictions too. Then I make mine. And that's when the magic happens for entertainment purposes only. Uh, we'll entertain you for the second hour of the show. Shells and Messenger coming up. Looks like practice is over. We'll give you the latest on who did and who didn't next, including in Cleveland. Who did what? Let's see. Something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here. Ma'am, our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at Cumulus. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? She is the least credible person I may have ever seen on camera. 
The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Guys, not everything is 40 chess. Why can't we just laugh? Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to Facts by Tom McDonald. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Let's get into season four, episode three, Facade. People get picked on. I got picked on. But Scabby Abby, Scabby, the whole school yeah, just I hurt me. I felt like it wasn't real. If I may, I want to defend the storytellers. The people who created the show wanted you to feel like these people were the worst people ever. They pretty much said the whole school of Smallville High are bad people. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. 